Another application of exponential functions is radioactive decay. It's been observed by scientists that the um, that radioactive elements break down or decay at a rate proportional to the amount present at any time t. That should sound familiar. If I want to call the amount present at any time t m for mass, I have the mass as a function of the time equals your initial mass times e to the kt. And this came from that proportional relationship. The rate of change is proportional to the actual amount of the substance. And our proportionality constant, k, is called the decay constant because in these examples, it represents the, um, the k in the exponent of e to the kt. So it is a rate. It's the decay rate, you've also maybe heard. And it'll be negative because we're talking about breaking down, going from a larger amount to a smaller amount. We're going to draw, draw a graph for an example in a minute. But remember that e to the negative power actually is a falling function from left to right. So uh, it all is going to work together. And uh, we just have to pay attention to k, make sure that it's negative, as it should be. So let's look at an application. Oh, sorry, two applications of this are either planning for storage of waste, radioactive waste. You can imagine that we need to know how long it's going to be around for, and therefore we need to know how to store it so that it won't cause problems for a long time, potentially. Uh, Another uh, uh, application you've probably heard of is called carbon dating, dating artifacts by looking at how much carbon-14 is in them. It's something that's naturally in in living creatures and uh, or living things like um, even wood and things like that. So any living being has carbon-14 in it. And when it dies, it stops creating the carbon-14. And so the carbon-14 starts breaking down. So if we look at how much carbon-14 is in, an, in some object, we, and we know how much should have been there at the beginning, then we can figure out how old it is. So that's a use of radioactive decay in, in science all the time. Here's an example of that carbon-14 idea. Radioactive carbon-14 has a half-life of approximately 5,745 years. I'll explain what half-life means in a minute. Find its decay constant. That's part A. Part B is, if you have a 100-gram sample, how long would it take for 100 grams to break down to 1 gram? Suppose you know at the beginning something should have had 100 grams of carbon-14 in it, and now it's got 1 gram. You can figure out how old it is by answering the question, how long would it take to go from 100 grams to 1 gram? But first, we need to have a formula for this carbon-14, and so we need the decay constant. So we're going to use the fact that its half-life is 5,745 years. So half-life means the time it takes to break down to half of its original mass. It's kind of like the inverse of doubling time, right? Doubling time is if you start with an amount and you want to know how long it takes to get double that amount. Half-life is you start with an amount and you want to know how long it takes to get to half of that amount. We actually know the answer to that because of the proportionality of 
the rate of growth or decay and the actual amount at any time, we can use the fact that half-life means, suppose you have some initial amount, M0, you want to find out how long it takes to get to half of that initial amount. Now these two aren't equal, right? It's impossible for unless it's zero for half of something to equal itself. So what what also goes over here? The rest of our formula, right? E to the K T. Now there's one piece of information I haven't put in yet. The half of the amount equals the original amount times E to the K T and I actually know how long it takes to get from the original amount to half of it. So I know T, I know my time, and I need my red pen. A professor is nothing without a red pen. So I have T over here, and I need to put in 5,745 years. So I have one half of M0 equals M0 e to the K times 5745. Now you may remember when we had P0 and 2 times P0, the P0s canceled, didn't they? Same thing is going to happen here. I can divide both sides by M0, just to simplify this formula a little bit. So now I have 1 half equals E to the 5745K. I'm looking for the proportionality constant, the decay constant of K. And I've got a constant, the natural base, E to the 5745K equals a half. So I think you know what to do, right? Pause, find what K is, and then come back. So looking for K, I want to take the natural log of both sides log of a half equals log e to the 5745k. So natural log, actually I'm going to, I think I have enough room up above. Natural log of a half equals 5745k times natural log e. I took the log of both sides and I brought down the exponent. Log e is 1. So now k is 1 over 5745 times natural log of a half, or 0.5. So at this, that's the exact answer for our decay constant. And it's not negative, is, is it? Is it negative? 1 over 5745 times natural log a half. Hmm, that's a mystery. I guess we'll let our calculators tell us, although that's kind of cheating, isn't it? And then I'll show you um, what the calculator doesn't show you right away. So get your calculator. Take 1 divided by 5745 and multiply that by the natural log of a half. And I get an exact value. And if I get an approximation, k is approximately equal to, there's the negative we're looking for, for decay rate, 0.0012065. So it's a very, very small rate. And that's actually because if you think about it, it takes 5,745 years to get down to half of the original amount. So that's a long time. So your decay rate is very slow decay rate. Since T is measured in years, 
this BK rate is measured in years, and then we just think about the fact that it's breaking down at a continuous, um, it's breaking down continuously, and then the rate is being measured every year. I think that's the best way to think about it. So that's our K. And why is it negative? Because 1 over 5745 was a negative, but what about the natural log of a half? See if I can fit this graph in over here. Remember that the natural log of 1 is 0. So the natural log of a half is negative as we need it to be. And when we multiply that by that very small amount, 1 over 5745, we get our k of negative 0.00012065. So that's the decay constant. And we're going to use that to be able to answer how long it'll take for a 100-gram sample to decay down to 1 gram. So take a minute. At this point, you've seen a couple examples. You have everything you need. So take a minute to do this on your own. And then, and then come back and see if I did the same thing. When I want to answer part B, I'm going to need a formula. And I also want to know what I'm looking for, how long it'll take. OK, that's a T, right? Our, our model was set up in years. So it's going to be T in years. How long will it take for a 100-gram sample to decay to 1 gram? So a 100-gram sample, it's a common mistake to put the 100 there and the 1 here. Because we're used to money, and we're used to starting with a smaller amount and ending up with a larger amount. But remember, this is radioactive decay. We start with a larger amount, and we break down to a smaller amount. So we're going to start with 100 grams. We want to break down to 1 gram. Obviously, these two things are not equal, because I'm missing a lot more of the formula. e to the negative 0.00012065, and so on. It goes on, but I'm going to stop there. That's my k times the t that I'm looking for. So this should be looking very familiar. I want to get t. It's in the exponent. I need to bring it down out of the exponent, which means I need to take the log of both sides. But before I do that, I need to deal with the 100 in front. So I'm going to divide by 100. If you haven't done this yet, pause and do this much to get your answer for t. 1 over 100. You could also write as 0.01 if you'd like, or you could just leave it as 1 one hundredth, equals e to the negative 0.00012065t. If you'd like, you could call it k and plug in k at the very end. That would be the smart thing to do, but of course, I like to create extra work for myself. So I'm just going <laughs> to leave the large decimal in there. I'm going to take the natural log of both sides now to bring down that exponent. And I'm going to have the natural log of 0.01 equals negative 0.00012065, that's k, t, natural log e, natural log e is 1. So to solve for t, I just need to divide by negative 0.00012065. Natural log 1 one hundredth, 0 0.01, a hundredth of a dollar, right? Over negative 0.00012065. As you can see, actually, it's very similar to what we did in the last section. When we were looking for doubling time, the thing in the numerator was natural log of 2, and the thing in the denominator was our rate. Now we're looking for uh, decay, so we're looking for when we'll get down to a hundredth of our original sample. So it's the natural log of a hundredth over our decay rate, k. 
So it's, it's the same thing as doubling time. It's just that our k is negative and very small. And we're not looking at log of 2, natural log 2. We're looking at natural log 1 one hundredth this time. If it doesn't break down to a nice, easy decimal, then we just leave the fractions in, as I did in the last two examples. So this is the t that we need. You might be concerned seeing a positive over a negative and say, wait a minute, time can't be negative. The time that it takes for it to decay actually is in the future, right, from 100 grams. But remember again, what's the log of 0.01? That's 0.01 is less than 1, and log of 1 is 0. And so log of anything less than 1 is negative. So you should have a negative over a negative, and it should work out. So take your calculator and find this amount as an approximation. Natural log 0.01 divided by negative 0.0001265. And if I hit enter, I get 38,169.7 years, or approximately 38,170 years. It takes a long time to get down to one gram if you started with 100, and we're talking about carbon-14. So you can see why they choose to look at how much carbon-14 is in something if they're trying to date it, because that way, if they're looking at something that they think is really old, they'll, they'll be able to figure out approximately how old it is. It's not going to all go away too quickly, so it'll still be there for them to measure. So 38,170 years old might be the answer to how old is an artifact that we found. Right now, it only has a one gram of carbon-14, and we know at the time of death it should have had 100 grams of carbon-14. So now I know that it's approximately 38,000 years old. Now, one I just want to show the graph for this. And I'll go ahead and erase this part because we haven't looked at the graphs of exponential functions in a while. There's a very easy and quick way to show what's going on here. This is the mass as a function of time, and this is time on the independent axis. If you start with 100 grams at time 0, then it decays very slowly over time exponentially. Now, depending on the scale of t, uh, if I want my 1 gram to be right here, is that a hundredth? Not really. It should be even lower, right? Then this is 38,170 approximately years. And actually, it doesn't come down linearly. My scale is, is throwing things off a little bit. You can make any graph look funny by changing the scale, which is one way statisticians lie with graphs, by the way. But I do want to show you that idea of it drops off faster at the beginning, and then it takes longer and longer to break down um, in the inverse relationship of exponential, which is slower at first and faster, faster, faster as time goes on. So you know, something like this would be a decent representation of radioactive decay, starting at 100 grams and going down to 1 gram taking 38,170 years.